it's been really hot. I've had a, a rash, not to be gross. I've had a rash for uh, three weeks, two weeks, and it's getting better. And it's the kind of thing you don't want to put a Band-Aid on. Y'all know what a Band-Aid is. I'm not talking about just a bandage, but a Band-Aid branded bandage. You know, everybody knows what a Band-Aid is. When you're a kid, nobody knows what a Band-Aid is? Okay, just making sure. Well, when you're five, three, six years old, they got every assortment of flavor-styled Band-Aids. They got superheroes. They've got uh, probably like Barbie. They've got uh, My Little Pony. They've got Spider-Man. They've got Hulk. They've got uh, Minions. They've got anything. And what's so powerful about a Band-Aid is it, it can fix anything, right? It's the Band-Aid that has the power, right? My kids think so, especially Kales. She's four, and she thinks even if she's got a scratch and there's no visible bleeding or nothing, she needs a Band-Aid to make it better. It's the Band-Aid that gives the healing power to her. You put the Band-Aid on her, all better. It's all better. Is it better? Yeah, yeah. You take that off, ah, scream, don't freak out. There's no cut, Kales. I need a Band-Aid, I need a Band-Aid. She goes in there, she just, whatever she's got to do to get that Band-Aid, it doesn't matter if it rinses off in the shower, we'll, we'll, we'll scotch tape that thing back on sometimes. You know, it's, it's whatever we got to do because the Band-Aid is in her mind what brings the healing. But it's just a Band-Aid. It's just covering something, you know. It's not really the fact that it's a minion Band-Aid doing anything for the cut, but she thinks it is. And we, we kind of think like that, right? If we cover it, it goes away. If we keep covering it, it looks good and it goes away. But that's a little bit of a, like an adolescent thinking, rightfully so, because all the culture promoting the superhero Band-Aids. But as an adult, we do the same thing. We put Band-Aids on all our situations because if we cover it, nobody knows. It doesn't really exist, right? Wrong. That's not true. It's still there. How many times, oh, let me count the ways, in my adolescent years did I look for a shortcut to a situation to avoid having to deal with the real problem. Anybody else? Just me? You guys awake today? That he's, that he's getting to us. I, I agree. I got some things going on in this shirt. It's not pretty. <laughs> but how many times? You know, it's like a quick fix is always easier, faster, and less stressful than addressing the underlying cause of the problem. It was always easier to just throw a Band-Aid on a situation tell myself it was getting better and move on than to be honest with myself, look in the mirror and say, I'm going to find a real solution this time. I'm tired of the Band-Aids. The reality is many times though, especially when I was young, I really believed my approach was a real solution, most viable, the resolution. But through knowledge and life experiences, I look back and see how silly some of my assumptions were. It's very easy to see the way the world sees because we are surrounded by its influence in everything we do. The moment we start believing we have provided our own way with our Band-Aid is the moment we think we've healed our situation, but we've actually started making the problem worse. We think we become our own problem solver instead of finding a way to avoid the cuts of life that keep following us in the first place. We think we figured it out by putting the band-aids on it over and over. And when we believe our ways have healed us, we miss God's direction and response that we asked him for. I'm not sure if that's making sense. 
we're asking God to heal us. But then we're going and putting a Band-Aid on the situation. So then God responds and we're looking over here with the Band-Aid again. And then we find ourselves in the same boat again. But my question to you today is where does your strength live? In your Band-Aids? Or is it deeper, like the cut? Am I applying broken applications to problems that need deeper discovery and resolution beyond my own ability? I can't do it. Am I at that point where I realize I can't? I can't fix it. Have I forgotten what I asked God for and been so distracted by my ways that I may be missing his very deliverance for the thing I've prayed over and over and over for? If we go to 1 Corinthians today, chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 18 through 31. And if you've got a Bible, feel free to pull it out. I'm sorry about the monitor here. Verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, it's perception. Remember, it's like the apostles dropped their nets, but the rich man thought he had to hold on to his net. You know, it's a perception thing. And to the world, worshiping God and serving God is foolish. But to us who believe we are being saved by the power of God, it's a wise thing. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. He says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? He's saying they're nowhere to be found because they don't, they don't, they don't get it. They're so wise, they missed what I did for them. But Paul says, you know, because we, we bear the cross. So you understand. And God's weakest point is greater than man's greatest strength, always. So we recognize that. Verse 21, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews, they wanted a sign. And the Greeks, they sought after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. They won't listen, he says. We keep telling them, here is your deliverance from your afflictions. And you keep going to other means and saying he has not come yet as we suppose. So we killed him on a cross. Verse 24, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Let's say that together. Say the weakness of God is stronger than men. Whenever you feel strong, remember God's weakest point is still stronger. When, you, when you're on top of the world, remember there's going to come a time where you're still weaker than God because his weakest point is still always greater than our strength, our strongest point. For you see your calling, brothers, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. See, see they, they're not getting it, he's saying. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the things, the base things of the world and the things which are, that are despised God has chosen. The things that are despised is what God has chosen. It's the opposite of the world. The spiritual is always opposite of the flesh. Always. The way the world does it is pretty much always the opposite of the way God would like you to do it. If the world says, tell everybody, God says, keep it silent. If the world says, don't tell anybody, God says, go, go share what I've done for you. Don't keep it silent. You see, 
It's all over. It's the opposite. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. The flesh. We want to glory in spirit. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who become for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, the strength is not of ourselves. It's not from us. It's from above. It's from heaven. That, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. The title of this message is Broken Band-Aids. Broken Band-Aids. See, my Band-Aids look nice but God is my healer. Kelly, we're getting a lot of feedback here. Let's do mic one. My band-aids look nice, but God is my healer. It's well, I can, I can present it well, but at the end of the day, the band-aid is not the power fixing the cut. God is the power fixing the situation. And it's a misunderstanding that we start with in our adolescent years. It's a misunderstanding because as a child, we thought as a child, we did as a child, we acted as a child. But as an adult, we put away childish things, the Bible says. So we're supposed to grow out of that. So we started out as a misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding. We don't mean to do it. We don't mean to Velcro the pulpit. <laughs> See, the things you learn doing a mobile church, it's, it's incredible. For like a year... You know, we got, this, we got this nice pulpit here. And I said, how are we going to cover that thing? It's got stainless. Nate, you know, we talked about it. It's got stainless on it. And it goes in a trailer. And it's going in and out. And it's just going to get scratched up. What do we do? I know. I asked my mommy to make a cover for it. Pastor asked his mommy to make a nice cover. Because she sews good. I mean, what do you do? You can't just buy a. So what she did, she made one. So she took some leather. And she took some Velcro, and we sewed that puppy up, and we got a, we got a base around the bottom, and we got a sleeve up the side, and we got a thing up the, up the thing, and it's just like a nice little cozy warm outfit for the pulpit as it goes in and out of the truck, the trailer. This worked great until one day. It was a misunderstanding. We get out, we open that thing up, and there's glue all over the metal. I'm like, what in the name of the Lord Jesus, our Savior, is going on to this pulpit? I don't get angry. It's out, of, it's out of joy. The Velcro melted. Oh, I didn't know Velcro can melt like that. Neither do we. Neither did I. Hey, look at that. How we get this off? Let's get some alcohol or something and rub it off. So, so, so see, I didn't understand. We didn't, we didn't know what Velcro covers would do to a pulpit because we never had one. It was a misunderstanding. It was out of our adolescence in, in this process of dealing with nice pulpits. We didn't know. Last, last pulpit we had, it was a tank. Nick's favorite. That thing could crush a horse. It weighed like 300 pounds. And then we got this nice pulpit that weighs like, you know, 20. And uh, we didn't know that Velcro would mess it up. It wasn't intentional. It was a misunderstanding. And that's kind of like how we start in this process with Band-Aids as a kid. It's just a misunderstanding. We're not realizing that we're maybe Band-Aiding problems that really we're not addressing the underlying issues. It's adolescent thinking. It's not intentional. I just didn't know better. And that's okay. But we don't want to stay that way. We want to grow in godly wisdom to know how to avoid it next time. Because earthly wisdom trains us to become leaders without any spiritual discernment. 
So we can be the best leader on this planet, but without any discernment of, of God, any wisdom to discern right and wrong, any, any moral compass, we can, we can miss all those things which are very important. It's an earthly influence. And my surroundings of influence have taught me bad approaches for resolution. Who I surround myself can teach me how to band-aid things really good. You want Spider-Man? We got it. You want Hulk? We got it. You want minions? We got it. You need, a, you, need a, you need to kind of fit your toe? We got it. You need to kind of fit your thumb? You need a little dot kind that's just like a, a spot on your, your neck or whatever? We got all kinds of situation fixers with our Band-Aids. Amen? But they never stay on. You know as soon as you sweat in that thing, it's coming off in the pool or the shower, and here we go again. Go get another Band-Aid. It looks nice for a minute. <laughs> But without that ability to compare, especially in our adolescence, we have nothing to know it's even a broken solution. We have nothing to show that the Band-Aid is maybe not what we want. And my Band-Aids look really nice, but God is my healer. My Band-Aids look nice, but God is my healer. It makes me think of uh, when I got my first house. We had a big yard, and there was no sprinkler system. It was, a, it was like a, almost a half acre of grass, and there was grass everywhere. And thankfully, my husky I had ruined a lot of the grass for me, so I didn't have to worry about water in that grass. But I thought, I know, I'm going to water this grass because I want that green, lush lawn, you know? So I know, I know, I'll go buy 20 sprinklers and 87 hoses, and I'll just do them all at once, and I'll have, like, my own sprinkler system, and that'll work. I'll just turn it on, just like an irrigation system. I don't need to spend three grand to put that thing in the ground. I'll just go buy 27 hoses and, and whatever, 87, whatever, these kind of things, and the and then you got the things that do the, the, do the wheel. I mean, there's all this. We just get a variety of sprinklers, and we're going to saturate the lawn. So what I do, I get it all hooked up, and I turn it on, and it goes. They're all dripping. What's the matter? Well, you're running 30 sprinklers at once on one spigot. Oh, I never, I never thought about that. You mean the water pressure matters? Oh, See, see, I had it figured out, and I thought this was a great idea, and this was going to be the best thing ever, and I was going to show the people I didn't need to put in their lawn system, which I never did because we never could have afforded it. Anyway, we just let the grass die. But in my mind, this was a great idea. I spent like $300 on sprinklers. Thank God for receipts. Those puppies went back. Because I didn't understand. It was a misunderstanding from a lack of experience. It's okay that you don't understand when you haven't experienced the right way, but that's why a point of reference matters. That's why you need something to compare to. If you have nothing to compare to, you don't know that the approach is maybe broke. You don't know that doing it with the, the whatever, the little farm tractor sprinkler, you know, the really expensive one, and it like, I think it maybe moves. It looks like a tractor. That was my, my farming dreams. I, I thought, man, if I'm going to be a farmer, I'll just pretend I'm on that thing. And that little sprinkler going, it's like this big. And that's, that's, that's farming to me, along with my hunting by going and buying the meat from the butcher. That's my hunting experience. This is my farming experience. It was a misunderstanding. But it was foolish, you see. It was foolish. I didn't mean to be foolish, but that's what it was because I didn't know any better. It was a misunderstanding. It's natural, but it's important we recognize there's usually a better way. Reevaluate it. The second time around is usually better. Do it twice. Do it three times. 
Keep seeking ways to improve it. We do that with church. Our setup has changed so many times because as we do it, we tweak as we go. We don't wait for some monster change to change the whole process. We keep fine-tuning our process as we go. And now it's a well-oiled machine because we had to go through the grinder to figure out what works and what doesn't. So God is good, but he wants us to seek for growth and he'll give us the knowledge that way. Instead of sticking with broken Band-Aids. And he doesn't despise our misunderstanding. He's not mad at you because you didn't know that time. But what he does want you to do is recognize he is a remedy. See, if we don't know that he is actually the remedy, that anything else is just another Band-Aid, he, he's, he's, he's sad. He wants you to know to lean on him. And when we don't, he's sad. We live so many years doing it the hard way. God says work smarter, not harder. Man, how many times have I heard that from my brother when I was a kid? He says, why do you do it that way? I said, I don't know. Sounded good. Big bro, little bro, you know how that goes. He probably smacked me on the head. I don't remember. I learned the hard way. And most misunderstandings come from that lack of knowledge. I mean, there was no YouTube. So how do you understand anything without YouTube? What did the world do without YouTube? Now there's no excuse. I mean, you have YouTube. You need to fix your sprinkler head, your hunter sprinkler head, whatever model. It's broken. You need to replace it because you got a new one at Lowe's. Just go to YouTube. There's a video for it. Best thing ever, along with Amazon. Well, I won't go there. We don't talk about the drones and all that. But hey, same next day delivery. I got some rash. I got some, if you really want to know, I got some organic rash stuff coming today. It's jewelweed. And I'm so excited because it's supposed to bring me joy from this poison ivy. It's coming today. It's waiting for me after church at home. What's that? You, you got it with you? She already got it. She brought it to church. You brought it to church? Oh, Lord, have mercy. She already got it and brought it to church, people. Anyway, that's what you call completely digressing from anything important. But, hey, you're awake, and that's good, and the blood's flowing, Okay. But we live so many years doing it the hard way. We want to work smarter, not harder. We don't understand. Go to YouTube. If you don't ha- YouTube don't have it, go to God. Go to Jesus. Because he's the healer. He'll fix the situation. Not that Band-Aid because it's going to get old and raggy when you get in the shower. Quit using that. If I had known it different, I would have taken a different approach. Approach. So we talked about misunderstanding, why we're using the Band-Aids out of adolescent misunderstanding. But then there's a time in our life when we just do it out of avoidance. Avoiding. It, we know now. Now we know we're just avoiding. It's intentionally going for the Band-Aid. Knowing it's not really fixing it, Dave. The Band-Aid's not really working. And we know this, man. We know this but we do it anyway. Why? I don't know, says Israel going around the mountain for how many years? Some people just don't want to face change. It's hard going through the fire to experience change, but you got to go through it if you want to see a change. You got to do something different to get something different. And some people just don't want to do it. They avoid it like the plague. They don't want any confrontation with anything. Like the very aspect of doing something different makes them squeamish. That's a problem. You're training your mind to be scared of everything. What what am I to be scared with? The Lord is my shepherd. Whom shall I fear? 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no one for your rod and they, your staff, they comfort me. Well, where's that? When I'm scared again, I don't even want to call somebody on the phone because, because I'm scared to tell them that maybe they're, they're, they're hurting me. Maybe they're, they're treating me bad and I don't feel loved by them. And so I'll just avoid them until they just leave me one day. I won't talk, I won't, I'll just cut off communication because retracting always works. Doesn't. Sometimes we got to go through the fire and quit avoiding to get rid of the band-aid and find a healing solution through Christ. And some people just don't want to do that. And it's a, it's, a, it's a habit. It's an old habit. It's a stumbling block. No change, no gain. But we keep coasting and we're not growing. Y'all don't know, like Chloe, she's my daughter and she sings up here, but I'm pretty hard on her at home. And I feel bad because sometimes she cries. And I say, Chloe, look, I love you, but you're my daughter and this is not for kids up here. And if you want to do this, you got to be getting better. I want you to grow in this, not stay the same. Because she's, you know, she's my baby. And so she can just kind of, it's, it's this fun thing. This is for the Lord. I want you to take it serious. So I'm trying to instill in her without being too hard that you need to be growing, taking steps. You should be better than the last time. Last year, you should be better, a better version of yourself this year than you were last year. Sanctification. We want to grow in our walk with God, not to stay the same with the same old stinky, bloody Band-Aids. We don't want those Band-Aids after a while. I'm tired of scratching this. I want to see new skin. I'm tired of the same ashy skin. I look like a hot mess. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Jeez. Sorry about that, TMI. Listen, thank you, Aaron, for stepping up. Aaron got it too. And Aaron took care of those trees, him and Nate. You guys don't even know. Aaron right there has got the rash too. And he busted his tail to get this uh, property cleared for our baptism. So thank you, Aaron. He's still suffering. He's just tougher than me. He don't whine about it like me. And I got the microphone, so why not? Might as well let it out. But we avoid it. How badly do we really want it? They're not going to like me. Maybe they won't. But later they're going to come gonna come reaching out to you when they see all the growth you have because they thought you were foolish and now they want to be part of what you're doing because they're waiting for everybody else to follow. But since you were first, now they're going to follow you because you led someone to Christ. You led someone con uh, unconditionally, genuinely. The wisdom of flesh says the public attention I get for this is greater than the silent blessings of God. But that's backwards, my friend, that the greatest blessings happen in the silence between you and the presence of God alone. That's where God shakes you up in here and changes your outwardly expression to the world that the public sees then. It's from an internal change that happens in the precious intimate moments with your Lord. But that's not what the world Teaches, teaches us avoiding is good. Just avoid it. But God says that's actually foolish. It's foolish to avoid a solution. It's foolish to stay the same. When I have this plan for you, I heard, a, I heard it the greatest thing the other day. I got to steal it. He said, he said, he said but I can't, I can't serve God because of what I've done. He said, my plan for you was way before you even did that. My plan for you was before you ever even sinned because it was from the beginning. So don't say I can't use you because I had a plan for you before you ever sinned, sinned in the future. It hasn't happened yet. God already had the plan. So that doesn't work with God. You can keep telling yourself, I'm going to avoid God because of my baggage. But God said my plan for you was before you were ever even created. So that's no excuse. I still want to use you. That's what he said. That's what he did. So we don't want to trick ourselves with avoidance. The facade of social media is not sustaining me 
Well, that's because it's not real. It's fake. It's a facade. It's a, it's a mirage. It looks like there's water and you get there and it's a dry desert. It's not real. Quit avoiding. At your strongest moment, you are still broken under God's ways. And that's the beginning of wisdom is to recognize that. Jesus didn't come to accommodate us. He came to save us and sanctify us to be better human beings in the Lord. My band-aids look nice, but God, everybody say, God is my healer. And until you face defeat sometimes, you may never understand what I'm saying. But let me tell you, friends, there's glory in defeat. There's glory in defeat. When you surrender to God, there's a glorious moment that's about to happen. And I'm tired. I surrender my ways. I'm done being my own spiritual boss because it's not working. And God is the hand that feeds you. Our wisdom has prevented God's infiltration of our heart. And there's a point where you have to say, that's it. I raise my white flag. I'm defeated, Lord. At your feet, I bow now. Jesus, you are my healer. I don't know about you, but I kind of joy some of the things I've suffered that the Lord got my attention and made me take action. Otherwise, I would have done nothing and stayed miserable. Amen? Come on, somebody knows what, what that feels like because y'all been there. It doesn't feel good to go through travail and give a baby, but the blessing's waiting at the end. When that baby comes out, look what the Lord has done. Provided a miracle to something you've prayed for. But it costs you something. It costs you faith. You have to give your faith and take that action to go through the misery of pregnancy to know that God's going to deliver something if I'm willing to endure. And that's what he does with us. That's what he does with us. Isn't it so cool that God will use the very, the very thing of birthing life to give revelation to who he is? Everything in this world is a spiritual and earthly, uh, is an earthly example to the spiritual things. The way the, the way the weather patterns move, the way the food grows, the way we, we, we praise, the way we, we, the, the children come in this world. Everything has a spiritual significance. And he uses that to show in our heart that he's there. Even when we don't have a Bible, it's in the heart of man to know there is a God who loves him. Even if he was on a deserted island, there is a God who loves him. And some don't know, but God will speak to you and say, it is I, Jesus, who loves you. You don't need that Bible. Just like Paul on the way to Damascus when he knocked him on his horse. Jesus spoke to him right then. Jesus can speak to you anywhere if you're willing to be defeated for the glory of Christ. Amen. I was headed to death because I believed in my band-aids. I was damning myself with my band-aids. I didn't realize I was slowly dying because of my wounds weren't healing. I was actually getting more wounds. But by his stripes, we are healed and made new. Come on, somebody. His stripes, his wounds are what made us whole, that we have a way to be healed, that if it wasn't for his stripes on the cross, we couldn't heal these cuts we've got with or without a Band-Aid. No, Neosporin isn't going to do it. It was by his stripes we've been made whole through the cross. I came today to shout glory to Jesus in defeat. I found victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Not in here. I got victory, baby. God gave us a way to do it his way. So don't miss the sign when he's trying to show you. If y'all could stand with me.
Remember in 31, it says, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Let him glory in godly things. Let him glory in the things which make you richer spiritually and you produce more fruit to this world. I use my kids as a lot of illustrations because it's what I know. It's my life. And my boys are in wrestling. And it's hard watching your son hyperventilate and bust out in tears because he's got one more round because the kid was choking him inadvertently and he wants to quit. But what the coaches and what the dads do is you have to find that line. Where's the line? Do you want your son to hurt? No. But I love my son so much that I push him just enough to show him he's got a little more. And I've seen him endure. And as he's getting older, the kids are, the kids, he's not in here. The kids are getting stronger and the same moves aren't working anymore. He's taking in the baby moves and now the big kids are coming in and they're just throwing him around like he's nothing. And so he, he's learning that he has to evolve. He has to grow stronger. The attacks are getting stronger. And what worked with milk is not going to work with meat. I need something stronger to combat the attacks because the maneuvers change by the enemy as time goes on. The strategy changes. At first he'll attack your marriage. Then he'll attack your money. Then he'll attack your church. Then he'll attack your ego. Then he'll attack your personality. Then he'll attack your family. Then he'll make them quit talking to you. Then he'll do all these things. And the maneuver's always different. And every time you think he's got, you've got him figured out, and you're just going to say, okay, I've seen that before. He comes with you something new so the solution is always remembering not how but who is going to deliver again when it feels like there's no hope remember he will always stay true to his promise so with wrestling I push him and I say come on man you got it just it's two more minutes just just go out there and do it and he he sucks it up and he goes out there and do it and it hurts to watch him go through this but then he gets victory or he he sees growth and he's like dad I, I see it I, I felt something different I, I see now see he has these little revelations just on the on the wrestling mat but it's the same with our walk with God it's just it's just pushing that comfort zone just a little bit to stay fresh and always be a little bit uncomfortable that's when God's stretching you that's when he's going to do something and some of y'all this morning have become a master I'm guilty of it at band-aiding things. Y'all got lists? Anybody like to make lists like me? Spreadsheets? I got notepad. I've got spreadsheets. I have a combination of like, I've got the short-term note list that then goes to the spreadsheet with all the tabs. And this is stuff I got to do now. This is for deferring later. This is for immediately removed. Don't even count it. And, and what happens is, why am I telling you about my lists? I don't remember. It was important. Why was I telling you about the list? See, this is what the Poison Ivy Meds do to you. <laughs> I don't know. I just went blank. I get used to doing things a certain way. And then something new happens. And no longer the way I did it before, the way I've documented the fix. That's the surefire way. Something new happens. And that's what, that's what God wants you not to do is rely on that spreadsheet. He wants you to rely on him and quit going back to the, to the same band-aids. He wants you to outgrow the band-aids and say, I need, I need a healing now. I need, I need to fix this deeper problem that I have now. I'm tired of going through all these relationships. I'm tired of, of going to all these churches. I'm tired of finding a problem with everybody who ever tries to do good with me. I'm tired of complaining all the time. I'm tired of being negative. I'm tired of doing these things. I'm going to be honest with myself and say, I'm 
tired of this. I don't want to do it. Do it. God, heal me. Take away the band-aids, Lord. So if you're in that boat today, there's good news because God is always here for you. As long as you have air to breathe, he wants to be your healer today. And if it's the first time you've experienced this kind of message, this kind of love from the Lord, I want you to embrace it and give God some praise because he's here to hold you along the way. You can clap for that. Amen. We're going to pray right now, and then we're going to close in Jesus' name with some worship. Father, we come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, break this complacency of old habits and doing the same things over and over. Help us quit relying on the world's solutions and put you first and say, God, how can we be actually healed this time? I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being grouchy. I'm tired of not having any time to play with my kids. I'm tired of avoiding everybody because I'm too busy. I'm tired of that feeling, Lord. I'm tired of putting it off and deferring it to tomorrow so I can face it later and keep putting it off because today I'm not going to put it off. I'm going to address it and now I pray for resolution, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heal this situation. Heal this burden I have right now in Jesus' name. Come forth and touch me, Lord, because your promise is true. And when I glory, I will glory in the Lord. And that's you, Lord. And if the house of God can say, in Jesus' name, amen.